Welcome to Choosing Leadership, a podcast for high performers with big dreams and for leaders who know that they are more powerful than the level that they are currently playing. I am Sumit Gupta, your host and the founder CEO of the Deploy Yourself School of Leadership. I am here to help the best leaders get better and to help organizations massively improve their output and impact and at the same time eradicating workplace stress. Yes completely eradicating, not just reducing, completely eradicating. I believe in creating a future and a work culture where people wait for Mondays, not Fridays, and get to do their most meaningful work. The aim of this podcast is not to provide you more content, but instead shift the context under which you operate. This podcast is titled Choosing Leadership because that is what leadership is, a choice. In each episode, I will celebrate leaders who have made such choices, which are not always easy and comfortable, but which has helped them get to where they are today. And let us celebrate the leader in us for choosing to move over our fears, for choosing to be motivated by something bigger than ourselves, and for choosing to deal with every challenge that comes on the way. Let us celebrate you right now for stepping into the unknown and taking courageous action as those were the moments when you chose leadership. At the end, I will share how you can be our next guest on this podcast. And with that, let's get started. Sufi is the Director of People Success and Community at Topline and the co-founder at the Talent Deck. In the interview, Sufi shares a powerful motto that guides his life. The delta between your expectation and reality is inversely proportional to happiness. Leading the charge on all things people at a fast-growing startup, he emphasizes the importance of preserving culture, building a performance-driven environment, and making oneself replaceable as a leader. He believes that sales is a life skill and not just a transactional role, highlighting the significance of nurturing relationships and persistence. Hi, Sufi. Welcome to the Choosing Leadership Podcast. Hey, Sumit. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to have you here. To begin with, can you start by sharing a bit of who you are and what do you do? Sure. So, Sumit, my name is Satyan Seth. I currently head people, partnerships, and community for a Sequoia-type global-based product-led growth startup in the behavioral ASP. It's called Topline. I've been at Topline pretty much since their day one. And have been diving around in a bunch of roles, just like any early stage employee at a young startup. Prior to top line, I've spent five and a half years with a B2C, B2B company called Tribo Hotels, where again, I was heading the talent and culture teams and also dabbed around the founders office and a bunch of other roles. I think that's the beauty of startup anyways. Prior to Tribo, I've also worked in a consulting role with one of India's leading consultants and happened to, again, work across market mapping, market research leadership hiring, and so on. On top of all of this, I am also an advisor to a bunch of young startups. I'm an advisor to a bunch of new age VCs. And I am the co-founder of a people success community in India called the Talent Deck. But yeah, that's a quick interaction yeah. on me. Yes. So you're not just working or have worked in many startups. You have also started something on your own, like a community. So can you share where is the, like the root or the desire to be involved in the startup world or and where does it lead to do you plan to do become an entrepreneur yourself so 
a little bit on the history and a little bit on the future. 100%. 100%. I think for me, it actually goes down to basic, right? Uh, I had honestly two options in life. I started my career of the consulting that was larger than life. It was a 50-year-old company operating with hundreds of people across the globe. In the one, one and a half year that I was there with them, what I evaluated in life was at least for the stage of life that I wanted to be in for the next five, seven years. I had two options, right? Do I want to become a small part of something too large or do I want to be a large part of something too small? And at least for me, the latter made a little more sense. I wanted to see, can I create some impact and see it in front of my eyes, right? Not that you can't create a pack at scale, but can you see that visible impact? Second, also, I think young companies, startups specifically give you the liberty to play around a lot, which might not always be the case in large companies. I'm sure the companies that help you with that as well. But I sort of thrive in uncertainty. Maybe that's the right way to put it. I like having no structure. I like the fact that hey, I can play around and it just makes a little more sense for me to be in that setup. And that's how sort of startups happen. But to answer your question, uh, where do I see all of this going? Honestly, I don't know. It's just true to, or rather it's just good to be true to yourself. I think for me, the journey is a lot more important. If I have to spend eight, 10 hours per day, I would want to pick the people I work with. And for me, people take precedence and anything else. I feel all of this will eventually add up someday. And we see how it goes. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. I love the phrase, be true to yourself, right? So can you share a bit about, like, how have you grown in your own eyes? How have you seen yourself differently as you have been on this journey? Oh, so there's a very famous quote, and I'm going to quickly quote the way it was said. This is said by a mentor, a founder, a very close friend. Uh, the quote goes something like that it says, and you know, I'm just going to quote exactly how he said it. He says, Supi, light me. Expectation and reality ka delta jitna kam ho, utni happiness question jada lehti Which essentially translates to the delta between your expectation and reality is inversely proportional to your happiness. And that is something that I live by every single day. Which means, I, like, it is okay to not expect anything. And that is exactly what I said. Right? Because you drive in a circle of so much uncertainty, you do not expect anything. And when things happen, it will always happen on the positive side. So for me, that's a very true motto that I live by. And honestly, I think a lot of decisions that I have made in life have always been around this and the other sort of phrase that goes, let's say, what happens for a reason. So honestly, all my decisions are structured around it. I do not walk thinking that there is something to expect. Just give, you will get a lot more in return after a point that you can't even expect. Thank you. Thank you. I think that's beautiful. Can you share a bit more about your vision for the future or what is it that drives you? If I talk about top line specifically, I mean, honestly, that's where I spend a large part of my life. I think this is a category creation product. The journey of being at the epicenter of a category creation product, right from discovery, till going through iteration, still hitting product market fit, then getting that first customer to pay his money. And from building the team out, right? I think it, that's a beautiful journey. For me, what sort of stands out is the fact that I get to do this with the right people. Uh, they say you want the average of the four people you work with, right? And I want to be very sure of the four people that I work with. Because for me, from a perspective of vision, I 
very strongly feel that after 10 years, all that values is how you have lived those 10 years, right? Like you will not, sure, you will see which companies you were working at, all of that. But honestly, you will look at how, what have you learned, right? Uh, and I think if you are spending that with the right set of people, that makes uh, all the difference. You have to answer your question, where do I see, what is my vision? Again, to be honest, I don't know, Samit. Uh, I am at a stage of life where I want to experiment as much as possible. Yeah. And I want to see, I want to do all it takes and then probably oh. figure out what and where my niche is. But right now, I'm super excited about top nine. And yeah. talent deck, yeah, obviously. Yes, yes. And you say you're leading the charter on all things people, right? So can you share what challenges does it present on the people level, especially as you grow, right? So I think you're close to 50 people now. So how Correct. has the people challenges changed? Like when you have doubled from maybe 20 to 50 and how do you anticipate them changing or new challenges as you grow from, let's say 50 from 100? I would say you can classify, at least in my head, broadly into two major buckets. The first one is preserving culture and essence, right? Like one, I think culture is a very loosely played term, but still I'm going to take a stab at it. For us, culture is not the feeling of you feeling just good in office, but it is a lot more than that, right? Do you really relate to what you're building? Can you walk to anyone at top line and do all of this talk the same language, the same story? So honestly, for me, one of the large parts that I am trying to solve and constantly keep doing is can all of us be on the same page and talk the same language and work towards a common goal, which is building top line. So I hope we are able to translate that from 20 to 50 people and we see that working well. But I think the exciting part is how do you take this from 50 to 100, 100 to 500. I think that's where a lot of effort and thinking will go through. And third is, the second one is building a performance-heavy culture. Right? Like Today, when you see a market, so we don't want to exist, right? Like in any setup, the most tricky companies or people are the ones that exist. We don't want to exist, right? Like you want to be on these sides. And obviously you want to be on the higher side. It means how can we make sure that we push above our limits? All of us are in that phase of life where we are hungry for growth. Can we be the gym for your careers? That is how I like to put it, right? Can you come into top line? Can you make sure that your career is up a few notches because top line gave you that platform? And I think I honestly spent a large part of my life trying to figure that out. I may not have all answers there, but at least I try to move in that direction. Yeah. Can you share a bit more on how do you create that platform or and also how do you measure that? Since you very rightly said culture can be very abstract and it can mean different things to different people. So how do you create a platform where, let's say, performance, as you mentioned, performance growth, and then also the culture, the togetherness, the trust also goes together. And how do you measure whether you're making progress towards that or not? So this is how I would like to see it, right? Again, I'm just going to sort of crack this up. In my head, performance is a byproduct of culture. If you are able to create a culture where people, honestly, so this is not rocket science, right? all of this comes down to five images. Can you create a culture where people can come and be their true self. Do I have to be a different person in office and do I have to be a different person outside work? Right? Do I feel safe at the place I work? Look, end of the day, all of us are humans. We feel like we want to be heard. Our opinions matter. Right? Honestly, people go leaps and bounds to figure out, hey, I want to create the best culture, etc. 
but in my little opinion in life, I feel all it comes down to the basics. And that is honestly where a lot of it focus goes, right? It is easy to say that, hey, we want to create a transparent culture. But if your Slack channels are blocked, uh, your calendars are not visible to everyone, you're not keeping true to yourself. So for us, the way we have defined culture is we want to be exactly, we want to be true to who we are. We are a young, vibrant company who's trying to make a dent in this ecosystem, which means we want to punch above our weight. Uh, we are genuinely good people, right? So we want to make sure that empathy is at the core. We believe in transparency. We want to make sure that is reflected in everything that we do. We believe in output-driven metrics, right? Like for us, outcome backwards is a very true value, which means the language we talk is based on outcomes. And most importantly, all of us respect each other. You can have difference of opinions. You, for some reason, may have not been a great performer, but that does not mean you lose respect. For us right now, all it comes down to is getting the basics right. We're 18 months or two years into the journey. Right? These are our fundamental days. And we want to make sure we have lay a very solid foundation. And that is honestly what culture looks like for us. Now, the way we would measure culture, honestly, this is more art than science for us, right? We actually look at very simple metrics, right? Like how many people have left us in the last two years? That that is a great indication of where all people headed. We actually go the non-scientific route of not measuring culture only by ENPS, employee and promoter score, etc. Right? But we go around the room because we are a slightly more smaller team. We have the liberty and we have the luxury of taking feedback a little more personal. And for us, that is a true measure of culture. For the true measure of culture is how many people do you refer to come and work with us? You'd be shocked that I would say about 60-65% of our team is just built on referrals. Our outbound or the number of times we've actually gone to the market and hired is just 35-40%. But most of it has been referrals, right? So for us, a lot of that holds value. I don't think we have reached a place where we've got science into it. I don't think we're the Amazons and the Facebooks of the world where you have metrics or you have a lot of scores to define culture. We are young. We are a lot smaller than any other company and that gives us the luxury to keep it a lot more personalized and uh, since you mentioned you're such a small company and young company and you're growing fast what is the biggest challenge that you have right now interesting so i think parents growing in the right way is the biggest challenge right so unfortunately the world operates in such a way that you have a lot of pseudo successes like you hit something and you may go kill it have the next 10 people but what you want to sort of very clearly control and grow from is how can we get the best out of people? Can you walk into the office and say that, yeah, I, I did only had to and I, I gave my true self today. So you want to make this a place where people feel happy working, not just because it's a good office and you've got a fancy office, right? but because you really like what you do, you see how all of this is fit into the larger goal. That is a difficult problem to solve, right? With scale, that will get a lot more secure. The first 20 people are knit well, they align with the vision. The next 10 people, a little lesser. But can I replicate what the first 10 people were to the next 100 people? If we're able to do that, I don't think we have to worry about anything else. Yeah, yeah. And a key part to any leader's role is to first of all, take care of themselves. 
Can you share how do you manage that? How do you manage the pressure or the overwhelm, which many times is often associated with startups or a fast growing pace so that you can actually lead others? Yeah, it honestly comes down to 101. For me, leadership 101 is you walk the talk, as simple as that. You cannot expect your team, again, a very random example, you cannot expect your team to be there for whatever reason and you are not available, right? That just does not add up. So are you really walking the talk? You want your team to be empathetic or you want to build a culture of empathy as a leader and you are not empathetic, right? You want to build a culture or you want to have a trait where you keep customer obsession and you do not get on a customer call just because you're responsive, yeah. Right, so can you really walk the talk is my first clarity or it's at least for me that's pretty basic, right? Second is, look, a leader is also human. Can you show your true side to your team? Don't keep artificial boundaries, right? And sometimes you may have gone wrong. Admit that. Accept that, hey, I, this is something that shouldn't have been done. And show them that end of the day, you are human as well. That works like a charm. And the third one is, the buck stops at you, right? You give them the success, you take the failures. That is how a tool leader could be built, right? Like when it's success, it is theirs. But when it's a failure, it stops at you. Sure, you go back, share them the learning, etc. But I think as a leader, that is important, right? Uh, and last but at least something that I have learned the hard way, make yourself replaceable. A true leader cannot sustain if there is dependence on him or her. Uh, a leader should be replaceable, right? Which means your systems, processes, your team is set in such a way that tomorrow if you're not there, it still functions like a charm. So in my way, I think, in, in my opinion, these are the couple of things that I think are pretty true to me. Thank you. Thank you. I think these are wonderful reflections. So if you could wake up tomorrow having any new skill or ability, what would that be? I would love to be better at sales. I think that's a life skill. It is something that you will end up benefiting from as long as you live in the world. I think everyone should be great at sales. You should have great convincing power because it is not just to do at your job, but I think it's just a great life skill. Right? Like tomorrow, if I have to travel somewhere, I need to ask my wife and why do I take the solo trip? So it's a great skill to have an issue under your speech. So yeah, that's a skill that I would love to answer. Yeah, thank you. I think that's a wonderful topic to go a bit deeper into since we also mentioned people earlier. So where do you think most people lack or what do you think most people lack which makes them non-effective as, as salespeople or simple persuasion also? I think at least the way I look at it is people consider sales as a very transactional job, right? You think that, hey, either someone will buy it from you or they'll not buy it from you. But in my head, it's not a one-hour job, right? Like sales takes time to nurture. A very classic case in point could be on this side of the world, a candidate who has said no to top line for some reason. And you say, you know what, I want to stay back in Amsterdam. I do not want to travel. Right? But does that mean you cut ties with him or her? Not really. Can you still keep that thread going? Can you still keep that relationship going? Because three months, six months, a year later, when they probably have to move for some reason. Whether you like it or not, the first thing that will hit their mind is top line because no one else really cared to do that. And in my opinion, I think that is what I've seen at least a few people in sales lack, right? Like 
we have seen people who take this the wrong way. For them, sales is very zero or one. I'm sure I'm not saying that either you have closed or you have not. But consider the fact that life is a full circle. Uh, what goes around comes around. A lot of people don't understand this logic, but I think people should. Yeah, yeah. I think what you're highlighting is about the focus on the short term versus the long term. And not just True. in sales, but anything to do with leadership, you can win in the short term, but you can do it in a way that is hurtful in the long term. And I think that's 100%. a... 100%. Yeah, that's the balance. Yeah. So thank you for, for sharing that. Yes. So what, as we also begin to wrap this up, what advice would you have to somebody who is young and upcoming, let's say in the startup world, and who is maybe good at what they're doing, whether whatever that skill is, but they're finding it difficult to build relationships or deal with the people side of things, right? Since you have that something which you lead, what advice would you give to somebody who has very good functional skills, but lack the people side of skills? I think just like the last 30 minutes, I'm sure by now you get this theme. My first advice is be true to yourself, right? Look, if you're an introvert, call it out saying that you're an introvert. Right? Don't try to change yourself because then you are trying to force it into something that you're not, which will feel badly for you. That is first. Second, see if you can put effort in the right direction. You know, what I mean by this is understand that is actually a battle worth fighting. Right? It's for whatsoever reason, right? Like you are a software engineer and you want to learn stakeholder management or you want to learn the people side of things. Are you sure that is going to help you? If yes, then go for it. Like a software engineer learning to paint might not help, right? Make sure everyone is painting these days, but that does not mean that's the skill that you want. So my second thing is reevaluate well and then put the effort. A lot of times people put effort and they realize, oh, this is not worth it, right? And then because of that one experience, you are taken aback from doing anything else. And the third one is try to learn as much as possible from people. Right? Like the rule of thumb is give more as much as you can. Right? Don't take, give first and be great listener. I think that is like a very one-on-one thing for me. You help people in every small way you can. Absorb all you can. Because you may not realize, but after a period of time, you have compounded more than what you can even imagine. Those are probably things that I would say to my new journal, right? Like I say, hey, don't talk until you've taken enough from everyone. Mm-hmm. And that works like a charm every single time. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. I think the importance of these small steps, but taken over a period of time, compounds more than what we can realize. Yeah, True. thank you. Thank you, Sifi, for everything that you shared. And as we end, for anybody who might be listening, what is the best way for them to stay in touch or contact you if they need to? I am on LinkedIn. Drop me a DM on LinkedIn and I'm happy to chat. Sure. Thank you. I will make sure to include those links with the show notes. And till that time, have fun and I wish you all the best for the future. Thank you so much, Samad. Have a nice day. Thank you. It was a pleasure. That's it for this episode of Choosing Leadership with Sumit Gupta. I choose leadership every time I record this podcast and I invite you to do the same. I invite you to design a life of joy, meaning, pride and satisfaction, not just for yourself, but for everybody around you. If you got something out of this episode, would you share this episode on social media? And if you know somebody who would be a great guest, can you tag them on social media to let them know about the show? And if you are a leader who wants to acknowledge how far you have come and have big dreams for the future, 
please reach out to me to be a guest on this podcast and i love seeing your posts and guest suggestions this is what i do most naturally to lovingly and gently provoke you to help you see your own light to help you see what you are already capable of to make sure you don't miss any episodes go ahead and subscribe your thumbs up ratings and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and it means a lot to me and my team if you want to know more go to deployyourself.com and subscribe to my newsletter or follow me on linkedin i want to thank everyone who contributed to making this show a reality and i want to thank you for listening always remember that you are enough you are loved and you matter this is sumit until next time keep choosing leadership